The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. What do you anticipate the, the next steps with Russell looking um, like going forward? Look- I think when when we get back and we begin this process of looking at a roster, um, you know, where we select, there's so many things that go into um, a decision specific to the quarterback, which is significant, obviously. Um, so it's too early at all. I, I, I spent half an hour with Russ yesterday, um, you know, and I, I told him, I said, look, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process, but um, but it hasn't been decided relative to what our plans are. And uh, um, but as, as soon as we know something, that that uh, certainly, you know, he would be the first to know. Sean Payton addressing the future of quarterback Russell Wilson. Look, they they got dragged, and it's funny. So many of the people who were crapping on Russell Wilson last year were fighting for him this year because of this perception that the Broncos in some way wronged him. The Broncos did not wrong Russell Wilson when they benched him with two games left. And I think it's legitimate to make decisions like that, to try to keep a guarantee for injury becoming a full guarantee because a guy's got a sprained ankle that doesn't heal by the middle of March, and then you're stuck with another $37 million in fully guaranteed payment. Derek Carr got treated worse than Russell Wilson, frankly, because he had a $40 million guarantee pulled out from under him during a window that is supposed to be respected, where you're not supposed to cut the guy right after the Super Bowl. That's just for funding rule purposes. Wilson's is fair game. So I think the Broncos are just being careful now. There's no way they pick up this contract. There's no way they pay him another $37 million fully guaranteed in 2025 salary. You're not going to keep digging this hole. It was a bad trade. It was a bad contract. And it would be a bad idea to not move on from Russell Wilson before that next $37 million payment goes from injury guaranteed 
to fully guaranteed. And they're just being diplomatic at this point about it. That's my read on it. There's no way they're keeping him next year. And there's no way he's going to do anything that they would want him to do to try to work out a solution, redo your contract, move your guarantee date from this year to next year. That's what they tried to do back during the season. And it blew up into a big mess where, you know, the union got involved. So I just, I think, I think Peyton already has decided this ain't working and we're just going to be tactful about how we separate. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I, I mean, one, I think maybe holds out an outside chance that some team would want to trade and get him, even though I think that's, you know, not going to happen once you kind of dig in. You know, you know, the other thing too, like what you talked about with, you know, people, I, I don't understand. It's the NFL. I mean, he's, he's getting 40, over $40 million a year. You know, they weren't winning games. He was being managed to a degree to where the stats are misleading. I mean, the, the, so so what 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 do people want? I don't understand what they want. Like, it's this is a business. It's cutthroat. He's being paid handsomely for it. They didn't think he was up to task. This is one of the greatest offensive coaches in the history of football. He kind of knows quarterback play. Like, the people who talk about that and all that, I want to be like, what what are you talking about? Like, I, I don't understand it. And you're right. There's a lot of them talking out of both sides of their mouth that were mouth that were crapping all over Russell Wilson last year. So I don't really get that either. But, yeah, it feels like that. And, like, I'm with you. There is no freaking way Russell Wilson's back to be the Denver Broncos quarterback next year. They made that move a few weeks ago knowing that when they made that move, it was over. It's over, right? I mean, Sean Payton doesn't – he's a guy that wants his quarterback to be the general of the football team, like we've talked about before, whether it's Belichick or Parsons. They don't want a guy that, like, the team looks at and like, man – what a what a joke he is. The coach doesn't even really like him, and we don't really like him, but he's our head coach. Is that, I mean, come on. There's no freaking way, let alone like we talked about. What's the point of hiring Sean Payton with all his millions of formations and checks and everything like that so Russell Wilson can run the offense and run like 5% of it? I mean, the offense was scaled down to such a degree when you watch it, it was, it was simple. It was ridiculously simple. So that, to me, all lines up to no way Russell Wilson's back. You there? You, you, you my security. I was getting a call from my security company, and I just want to make sure the cops don't show up and, you know, oh, tase me or well, something. I, in my uh, own that garage. would be the greatest I, segment in the I, history of this show. I hope that happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, suspicious character reported at 300. I'm not going to give my address. Not that it's all that difficult to find. Don't. I'm not going to dox myself. That's for damn sure. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's just no way. And, you know, you touched on some things not that long ago. I don't know if you said them on the air or not. I'm sure you've said I think I did. on the air. Yeah. Just the pre-snap stuff. Oh, yeah, all we of it, see, right. You know, there, there, some quarterbacks are heavily engaged in the pre-snap stuff, and we saw it, we saw it last year Yeah, with Nathaniel Hackett. He wasn't able to overcome the deficiencies of Nathaniel Hackett coaching the team, and maybe it wasn't all Hackett. You need to have a quarterback who's going to take over at some point in the huddle and before the snap. I'm not talking about after the snap. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he can make magic. Right. But the foundation is laid for the – play in and play out success of an offense Yes, from the time you get the play to the time you communicate the play, get the team to the line, see what the defense is doing, make adjustments, make decisions, make decisions about whether to check out to a different play, 
which certain indications are going to be certain keys yes. that is going to tell you right. whether or not you need to check out of the play. And we see some quarterbacks who are heavily involved in that process and some who just wait for the ball and they make magic happen once the ball's in their hands, which right. we've seen Russ do. But that's just part of the job. There's a bigger part of the job that isn't as obvious as what you do when you get the ball in your hands. And and I think that may be the core of the yeah, problem right. in Denver. Right. We heard enough about that. I mean, we heard Pete Carroll talk about he wouldn't wear a wristband. The wristband was an issue last year with with Nathaniel Hackett. You know, getting in and out of the huddle was an issue last year with Nathaniel Hackett. And guess what? It was an issue this year with Sean Payton as well. Yeah, there's too many plays where I, I told you on air through text, all of that, where I went, wait, guys are not even lined up right, and they don't even ask Russell Wilson where to line up. They look over to the sidelines, and the sidelines is pointing where to do it, right? Or you see Russell Wilson like looking at his, looking at his play sheet as he's in the shotgun, like, wait, what's the play? Let me figure it out. Let alone, again, I, I have a pretty good feel for Sean Payton's offense. A lot of it is wired into what I was taught with John Gruden, where I'd watch plays and go, wait, like, Sean Payton would never run this play against this defense. Like, you know this play doesn't work against this coverage, right? But uh, those are things, again, that I think it would look at to where it was simplified to a degree. And, again, I, I will defend Russell Wilson in that it's not easy. You know, it's, you know, it, it's two different systems in, in two different years he's had to learn. And let alone the one thing that I will say about Russell Wilson is he wasn't wired like this to start his career. And that's where it's a hard decision. He came from a team where it was play defense, hand it off to Marshawn. Play defense, hand it off to Marshawn. Oh, wait, it's third and eight. Make some magic. Hey, play defense, hand it off to Marshawn. Marshawn, hey, we're down by three late in the fourth quarter. Get in the shotgun. Make some magic happen, Russell Wilson. But it wasn't like it was the Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady offense where he was like, check, check, check. Apple, apple, apple. 58 Lexus. Check. I mean, he's not wasn't doing any of that ever. So that's a big adjustment. And, you know, Sean Payton He's not willing to continue to work that way there. He wants somebody that can run his offense the way he wants it run, and there's going to be somebody new there in Denver next year. George Payton got dragged into the middle of all of this when it hit the fan a couple of weeks ago because George Payton, the GM of the team, was the one who contacted Mark Rogers, the agent for Russell Wilson, proposing that there be an adjustment to the vesting date of the $37 million in injury guarantees that were due to become and are still due to become full guarantees on March 18th. George Payton addressing reporters yesterday on making that request that Wilson adjust his contract. Here's what Payton had to say. But during the bye week, I did reach out to, to Russ's agent in a good faith and, and creative attempt uh, to adjust his contract. Uh, we couldn't get a deal done. Uh, we moved on uh, with our season. It, it, didn't, it didn't come up again. Fast forward week 17, Sean makes a change at the quarterback position. Uh, this was a football decision made by Sean, what he thought was in the best interest of the team. This was completely independent of any conversations I had uh, with the agent. Again, it was a football decision uh, made by Sean. Uh, in regards to the negotiations, you know, I'll just keep the specifics private um, out of respect for, for really everyone involved. Uh, negotiations are hard. You have difficult uh, conversations, tough conversations, and uh, and you can characterize a negotiation really any way you want. And we always try to handle ourselves professionally. 
and uh, in the best interest of the Broncos, and, and this was no different. Now, to the extent that they try to compartmentalize business and football, I find it hard to believe that yeah. Sean Payton had no of idea course. that George Payton went rogue if that's what he did. Come on. I mean, he. Come on. There's two explanations. Either Payton knew that George Payton was proposing to Russell Wilson moving the $37 million vesting date from March 18, 2024, for his 2025 salary, or Payton didn't know. And if Payton didn't know, and Payton just, and if Sean Payton didn't know, and George <laughs> get, Payton. Get it straight here. <laughs> Payton with a Y and Payton with no Y. If Payton with a Y didn't know, and Payton with no Y decided to just do it, that's a huge problem. Because if Sean Payton is thrilled with Russell Wilson, there's no reason hey, to on. mess with come on. the $37 million vesting date of March 18. There's no reason to move it. So they it had to be obvious. If Peyton George did this without Peyton Sean telling him what to do, it had to have been beyond obvious to George Peyton that Sean Payton's already at his wit's end with Russell Wilson. So we better start planning accordingly. And we better give ourselves flexibility to move on from this guy after the season. And here's a way to do it. And who knows if George Payton came out and said, if you don't move that date, your client's going to be benched. Maybe he just mentioned it. And, you know, there's what's said and there's what's heard. And that's human interaction. There is frailty of human communication happens all the time. What you say and what you hear. Yeah. And Mark Rogers may have heard something. He hears the possibility of benching. And that becomes a big deal because they felt like that $37 million was already earned. It's just a matter of getting it. We're going to get it in 2025. My client will be getting $37 million in 2025. We're banking on that. What? You might take it away from me? So that creates a little bit of panic. It pisses you off. Money you thought you were definitely going to make, now all of a sudden you're not going to make, or you might not make it. And they're talking about benching you, and they're talking about... So, I I understand. I don't have any problem with what they did. I don't. And I don't know what the CBA violation would have been if you're exercising your rights under a contract that was negotiated at arm's length, and the terms are what they are, and there's if the coach decides he wants to bench the quarterback, so be it. But uh, And if he's doing it to simply preserve... That $37 million to make sure he doesn't emerge from the back end of the season with an injury and he can't pass a physical before March 18 and you're stuck with the $37 million, so be it. I, but I'm not buying this idea that you've got two separate worlds here that don't know what the other is doing. The only reason George Payton's starting down this path is he knows damn well there's no future between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, come on, seriously. Like, what is it, Geico right now with the challenge flag, right? When they bring it up, I wish we could bring that out right now. Like, challenge flag. Are you kidding me? Like, so, 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 like, that, that's where, you know, there's just sometimes where it's just ridiculousness where I just want to go, don't play me like you think I'm some idiot here. Come on now. Come on. You really want me to think Denver Broncos and George Payton that, the highest paid employee in your organization, the guy who is the de facto boss, you went on your own and didn't have a conversation with him and went, eh, we're going to tell him to, we're going to strong arm him about his contract right now. Not even talk to the head coach, the guy that really 
really has more power than anybody, and I know is only being paid less than Russell Wilson. We're, we're not going to talk to him about that? Come on, get out of here. Of course, Sean Payton knew of this. Of course, they had conversations that, that led up to that conversation to go, wait, I'm not sure this guy's the guy. I don't like the direction this is going there. And that's where that conversation now sparks between George Payton and Russell Wilson's representation. It didn't just come from George Payton. This was after long consideration, conversation, evaluation of film, Sean Payton, what he has seen in meetings and practice, all of that, that came to a head right there where he was like, I don't know about this. And that's where that went. And we know where it's at now. And the interesting thing is, yeah, I I think it's just who makes a play from Russell Wilson? What kind of play is made? What kind of money does he get out there? Right. Is it a guarantee? I mean, he's a starting quarterback. Yes. Uh, But what kind of starting quarterback is he viewed at around the NFL? Uh, I think those are all going to be very interesting questions and things that will kind of come to fruition here in the offseason. And look, when this all first happened, I got the very distinct impression he would happily take a one-year minimum contract of $1.21 million, stick the Broncos for the balance of the $39 million that he's due to make next year, fully guaranteed from Denver with offset language, $1.21 million they'd save if he goes somewhere else. Who knows? When he becomes a free agent, who knows what he's going to do? Kirk Cousins said something Monday that made me at least revisit the idea of Russell Wilson going somewhere and being veteran minimum salary guy. And Cousins said when he was in Washington, it's not just the dollars. A coach told him this. It might have been Kyle Shanahan for all we know. It's not just the dollars. It's what the dollars represent. So you're bringing a guy to be your starting quarterback. We talked about this with Phillip Rivers. When he was getting $25 million, Tom Brady was getting $25 million, Drew Brees was getting $25 million. You got to pay your starting quarterback enough that he can come in and command the respect of the locker room. And if he's getting $1.21 million, do you really have the time to explain to every guy he's actually getting $39 million? We're just not paying it. So by the time we get to next step for Russell Wilson, that willingness to take $1.21 million yeah, from his next team looks, on a one-year right? deal, yeah. that, might, that, might, that, might not, that might not fly when it's all said and done. But you know what? At the end of the day, it might be the only way for him to save face because he ain't going to get $39 million. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I take I the ultra low, strategically yeah, take right. 1.21 to stick it to the Broncos and make sure or at least hope that my teammates understand I'm still making th- I'm still the guy. It's yeah. just somebody else yeah. is paying right. me to be the guy, not the owner of this team. No, I, I, I hear you there. And I mean, we've, we've seen Russell Wilson, who seems to be concerned with optics, right? I mean, he's 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 you know, we've seen that. Optics are important to Russell Wilson. He's a little bit of like what Sean Payton said before the year. Stop kissing babies and trying to be a politician and do all that. That's Russell Wilson's reputation. I'm not saying that. That's his reputation around the NFL, right? So I hear you there. Will he do that? I I will say stuff like that filters through the locker room in a hurry, right? Those are things that guys do understand and the money part of it there where they, they, they know him in the first week. Oh, wait. Yeah, we're paying him $1.1 million or whatever it is, but he is getting $36 million from the Broncos. That'll filter quick. But, yeah, we'll see where this goes. And what I find interesting is, is Sean Payton going to steal Kirk Cousins? Because that would be awesome to do to Florio. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good luck fitting Kirk Cousins' contract under the salary. No, you're yeah. right. They yeah. won't. It'd be too much, right? With that money that they have to hey. spend with that, rebuilding their team, you're right. But it did come to my, my brain yesterday uh, or after I heard Kirk Cousins talk the other day. I, you know what? I like it better than what came to my brain, which I said yesterday. What? If the Lions lose on Sunday night and they decide Jared Goff has taken them as far as they can and they realize Kirk Cousins <laughs> is from Michigan, that that's, you know, that, that that's a, having the, the prospect of the Vikings becoming what the Lions have been for the last 30 years. Uh, you know, that's not that's not a pleasant thought currently. Yeah. And if they would swipe Kirk Cousins and Cousins leads them to a Super Bowl win, that would be something. So we'll see how that plays out. We've got plenty of time to talk about that in the coming days and weeks. For now, we, we slam the door on power rankings for 2023. Wow. The final PFT listing of I all teams for the season. We'll take a look at them next here on PFT Live. Another handoff. One's left. Finds some room. Gets free. Down the sideline goes free tall. Inside the 30. Inside the 20. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. That's an icing on the cake. Jet touchdown for Brees Hall. Jared takes, turns, fakes the gift, sets in the pocket. Jared drifts left, look, look. Now he throws downfield. It is caught. Left sideline. That is Amon Ross St. Brown. Angling at the 25. Cut back at the 10. Amon Ross at the 5. Fighting at the 2. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, baby, what a run by Amon Ross St. Brown. Four-man rush. Geno sets. He throws downfield. He's got Lockett. Lockett makes the catch. Touchdown, Seahawks. Rainbow pass. Fourth down and two. Lawrence in the shotgun. Looking. Firing. Incomplete. Yes. Fourth and one. Nick from under center. Play action. Deep. Jefferson. There. Touchdown. Seems like forever since we've seen the gritty ball. Stick. In the pocket to throw. Big chase and he's sacked. Who got him? Chris Jones. Got him. It's a seven-figured sack. And the sideline is going crazy. Players always love it when a teammate takes more money from the boss. See, they Just know, know the money situation. They know that. They're they're aware of that. <laughs> the that the uh, Justin Jefferson performance on Sunday. It's amazing to me he ended up with a thousand yards. It's incredible. Considering he didn't play like for nine straight weeks, I, he still had a thousand yards. I literally still thought about making him an all pro, right? I really did. Just because he's so talented and so clearly one of the two or three best receivers in football, it's crazy. But because he didn't play for such a big extended period of time, you know, I didn't put him on there this year. But. I mean, you know, that's where it's messed up a little bit. He certainly would be, you know, after Tyree Kill, I think Justin Jefferson's the guy you take right now at receiver in football. Well, absolutely, if all things are equal and he's healthy. Yeah. But all pro team, it's an acknowledgement of the performance of the, the year, year that was. Right. Yep. Yeah, and and it hey, th- there's three receivers on the first team, three receivers on the second team. Were you thinking about making him first team? No, not first team, second team. Yeah, no, yeah, first okay. team was pretty clear to me, and I know we'll talk about this and unveil this at some point. Well, 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 and they too much into they it. don't they 
they don't want us. They're, they're very sad, especially with the awards. Yeah, right. Because people bet on the awards. They sent out an email the other day that we're allowed to identify that we're voters, but they don't want us to say what our votes were. And right. the votes today, remember, Chris, it's Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern. The I know. awards votes are due. Don't, yep. don't be late. I won't be. But they don't want us to say who we who we voted for yeah. until after the awards. Right. I saw people put their stuff out yesterday, and I was like, I thought you weren't supposed to put who you voted for out, but yeah, it still now, is out for there. For all pro, maybe you can. I don't no, know. No, I saw MVP here's what they people need to do. Here, I listened yeah. for MVP, and they did that, right? Yeah. People who are voters should not be disclosing their votes, and they, they may have to rethink the whole, you know, right before the Super Bowl, three days before the Super Bowl awards ceremony, because you're expecting someone to keep all that under wraps for five weeks while people are betting on this. Yeah. They don't, I don't think they close the markets when they close the voting. Mm. So somebody knows who the winner is. Inside information is one of the things that potentially is going to be a big problem for the NFL. And it applies to these awards and it applies to the AP and who's guarding this information. Because if somebody knows who the winner is, they can go out and rig the process in their favor. If I'm the sports book, I'm closing all betting on the awards once the votes are in. I don't want to play that game where somebody may know who won or or is listening to enough different podcasts or radio shows and knows who the voters are. And, oh, it sounds like Florio's going this way. Oh, it sounds like Sims is going this way. Oh, it sounds like this person's going this way. Right. I, if I'm the sports book, I'm pulling the plug on all of this the moment the votes are in. All right. We pulled the plug on the power rankings for the season. I almost didn't do a final one. Why? I almost didn't do it. Well, because this regular I mean, season's over. Who cares? All that matters now are the 14 teams and left. We need but finality. You know Toyota's as paying a, all this damn money. As, you got to give them as, what they ask for. As a nod to our friends at Toyota, in the hopes that I wake up one morning and there's a truck sitting out on my concrete pad, I decided to do... One more power ranking. And here we are, presented by our friends at Toyota. No shock at the top. Even though the Ravens and the 49ers lost, it was the JV team. It was the, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, who cares? We're not trying to win this game. Right, right. It's number one and number two, the two top seeds in the NFC and AFC, with Ravens obviously the one seed in the AFC. After that is when it gets interesting. And the yes, Buffalo Bills, who were left for dead, they were done. They were cooked. The fork was stuck in them. They kicked the fork out. And what the fork, they're number three when it's all said and done. <laughs> what the fork. Uh, yeah. I, 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 hey, I, I agree with your top three. I, I think I'd have it exactly the same way. Now, four, five, six, and seven are, I, I mean, it's really close. And it's a great conversation, right? I mean, I mean, we're going to see Rams and Lions this weekend. That's going to tell us a lot. We know Lions and Cowboys was a nail biter. All right? And, and you know my thoughts on the Browns. The Browns maybe have the most elite unit in all of football in their, in their defense. And that, that I would probably, Mike, in my world, make them number four and make the Cowboys five, the Lions six, you know, and then uh, who and have the, uh, the, the Rams a seven, right? That, I think that's what I would have, but I'm not mad at what you have there. There's certainly some questions, but that, that Browns defense, Flacco the way he's playing, Right, their offense. I know it's middle of the 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 pack as far as its season yards per game statistical output, but it's better than that the last five or six weeks. Especially if you take away last week, where again they're another team that didn't play anybody. Uh, the Browns, the Browns are the team. I I still will sit here and say watch out for everybody. I still think they could be a big time player. 
And two divisions have three of their teams in the top 15 crazy. when it's all said and done. Yeah. The AFC North and the NFC West. And, you know, the, the Eagles, I, I had to take them out of the top 10. Yeah. I wanted to drop them even lower. Right. Because it's been abysmal since they started 10-1. and one, It is abysmal. And you know what? Somebody emailed me, not anybody with any of the teams out there, just somebody who's a loyal viewer of the program, throwing out the idea that if the Eagles lose on Monday night, maybe they're in play for Mike Vrabel. Hadn't thought of that. And I'm not saying Nick Sirianni should be fired, but we've seen them invite Doug Peterson to pack his things and leave just three years after winning a Super Bowl. And whatever's going on there, it's bad. It feels like they need some sort of a refresh, some sort of a reset. If they lose on Monday night, you never know what's going to happen. And when you have a candidate like Vrabel out there, who knows? But that's another place. You know, I, the, Vrabel, the Vrabel mindset and attitude would work so well in Philly. Definitely. Because he just would take no right. crap. It's like Pittsburgh. He it's would the same set kind of the thing. tone. Yeah, right. But you know how the, how, how the Eagles fans are or so aggressive sure, and right. smart. And, and I think Vrabel would love that. Would love that. I could see him. Like a press conference, like, what do you guys want? What do you... You know, what I, I could just see him relishing the opportunity to do, you know, sword play with Eagles fans and in in a fun, lighthearted, but come on, let's, you know, we're trying to win football games here kind of a way. So anyway, I, I don't want to pull us too far off the rails. No, but, but I, I just, hear you. I just thought I, of that from earlier. I, I think if you're evaluating for what it is, like, you know, your, your power rankings are... It is a picture of the season, and I know you're trying to mix in exactly where we are right now, too. The Eagles are a tough rank. They are. You know, I mean, again, if you put them at 15, I would have been like, I, I understand. You know, they're playing like a team that's not playoff worthy. They're not. You know, you could certainly sit there and go, the Saints have played better football the last three weeks than the Philadelphia Eagles, the last four weeks than the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, the Eagles, it's bad. It's not like, it's like, I, I mean, again, dominated by the Arizona Cardinals on their home field. Last week against the Giants, dominated. Not like, oh, man, we got unlucky in some bad breaks. Like, dominated in almost every phase. That's what's crazy. And, yes, it's the most talented team in football. That's what's crazy as well. And here they are going into the game with less than 100% health. It's going to be really interesting. I still don't know who I'm going to pick between them and the Buccaneers. It's a toss-up. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Hey, I'm struggling with a lot of these games this weekend. And I've even considered making my picks and then just going ahead and doing the opposite. Wild card round is tough. You know, you could just go with all the home teams and see what happens. But it is tough. It is tough, tough, tough to sift through some of these games. And we do have the top 14 are all the playoff teams. I didn't seriously think about making a non-playoff team in the top 14. The Seahawks and Saints made a late push, but the Buccaneers enough to hold spot number 14. Let's look at the second page before we take our break, see if anything really stands out. Let's say this. Who's the biggest surprise to you on the second page? I guess for me it's the Bengals. At number 19. Well, but we know why that happened. Exactly. It happened because of Joe Burrow. I, I think so. I mean, the Jaguars would be right up there with it. Same type of thing. Damn, that young talent, the way last year ended, never thought they would end this year as the 17th football team in the league. I mean, again, even even the Chargers, you look at that and go, damn, 29th with some of the players they got there. Uh, it, it, it's all shocking. 
It really is. There's there's some good things to be had. And then, you know, you have the teams where you look at and go, wait, where is their hope? I mean, I look at the 21 Bears and go, watch out next year. I look at the 28 at the Cardinals and go, ooh, yeah, they're 28, but watch out next year. They can dramatically flip their team over, around, whatever you want to say. So um, be interesting to see how the offseason plays out with some of these teams and how the draft is all laid out this year. The idea of the Patriots at number 30 going into the season would have been hard to comprehend. The Jets at 25, but that's because Aaron Rodgers got injured. We'll see what they do next year. And Rodgers made the comment earlier this week. We had to take a break. He understands everybody's on the hot seat going into 2024, including him. Even though he wants to play two or three more years, Chris, if it's not good enough next year, everybody's gone with the Jets. Whatever the reason, whatever the excuse, everybody's gone. They're not going to bring Rodgers back for 25 They're not going to bring Robert Sala back. They're not going to bring Joe Douglas back. The only common link is going to be ownership. Yeah, I I I could see that certainly. You know, I mean, gosh, if it doesn't if it doesn't work this year, that team they have, this quarterback, the age he has, right? To go, oh, well, let's roll the dice one more year as the quarterback gets older, and you know that that doesn't make sense. So yeah, I certainly would think this is this is a big year. It's do or die for that whole regime there. All right, we take a break. When we return, Pittsburgh Steelers getting ready for a trip to Buffalo on Sunday without their best player. We'll talk about that next year on PFT. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. TJ can be characterized as out this week um, with his knee injury. And obviously, playing without TJ is significant. Um, but to be quite honest with you, we've played without a lot of people this year. It's just another opportunity for us to strike a blow for team and, and, and to display what team really means, a collective of, of individuals that work together in an effort to produce an outcome. Um, it's not going to be a one-man job in terms of replacing TJ, just like I stood before you and said similar things when Cam Hayward missed a block of games. It is going to be a committed approach. Um, even in doing so, um, we, we better strengthen our, our output in other areas Um, because TJ is one of a kind. Indeed he is, and he will miss the game with a grade 2 MCL sprain. After he suffered that injury on Saturday, 
couple of major national reporters I won't name said he had a grade three sprain and he might miss some time. Well, if you've got a grade three sprain in your MCL, you're missing a lot of time because the thing is torn and it doesn't repair itself. If it's not fully torn, it will repair itself with rest. If it's fully torn, you got to have surgery to fix it. You're not coming back for the postseason at all if it's a grade three tear. So it's grade two. It's going to take some time. It's usually from what I've picked up over the years and covering the sport and talking about injuries and seeing this information, it's usually like a two to four week thing when you get a grade two sprain. And who knows, you know, surely there are degrees within the grades. Maybe it's closer to one than two. Maybe it's closer to three than two. I don't know. But you know he's going to want to play. You know he's going to want to get out there. With each passing week, he's going to be more interested in doing whatever he has to do to get on the field if the Steelers find a way to win on Sunday in Buffalo, which isn't impossible, Chris. Two-seeded Bills in 2020 almost lost at home to the Colts. Two-seeded Bills in 2022 almost lost at home to the Dolphins. Won both games by three points. The Steelers are on house money here. They're going to be a dangerous team. What year was it? Week one, they went up there. Was it 2022? They went up no, there I and think beat it was the Bills to start the season. Right, right. Okay, yep. regardless. Yeah. I picked that game. Yes. I picked the Steelers to win that game. Right, I you think they the went Bills. there in 2022, the and I think I they got that. absolutely blown out, actually, right? Like, there was early gone. I might have picked them both years. Yeah, I think it was I early might have been on, right like, one year Gabe wrong Davis, the next. like, 98-yard touchdown, right? So, one year, they upset them. The next year, Buffalo didn't fall asleep at the wheel and whoop their butt, I'm, I'm pretty sure. All right, so, but I hear you. I mean, we know. I mean, again, this is a team that, okay, Pittsburgh, make the game ugly. The Bills' offense isn't exactly like, oh, it's a guaranteed 34 points like it was a few years ago. They're kind of playing a different, grinded-out type of football game, too. So, you know, that's where the T.J. Watt injury hurts hurts the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know that. We know it's a quarterback in Josh Allen that likes to run, likes to hold the ball, likes to scramble. Those are the type of guys, T.J. Watt, strip sack, whatever. Ooh, hold the ball too long, get hit as he's throwing, the ball pops in the air. All that stuff can happen in that type, uh, this type of matchup, right? So that's where it hurts. I will say... I'm just glad it's an MCL sprain, right? That one looked bad. I was afraid it was going to be an ACL and it was going to affect his next year. So that's a good, you know, it's a good thing, but it's tough to have it right now when you're in the playoffs. They got Alex Highsmith and they drafted the kid Herbig, right? It's Nick Herbig. There's a Nate Herbig and a Nick Herbig, and I always get them confused, but Herbig is an outside linebacker from Wisconsin who's shown the ability to be a real pain in the butt coming around the edge too. He's not TJ Watt. I get that, but he's damn good and he's got a future certainly. So we'll see what, what goes on here. But yeah, I I think Pittsburgh is scary for Buffalo. There's no doubt about that, Mike. There's been so much talk about the Dolphins chiefs game, possibly being one of the coldest ever in league history. We haven't talked about weather elsewhere. So it's time for the weather on the ones, the Buffalo forecast for Sunday, according to my, trusty phone device which has rendered about 50 different industries obsolete the temperature will not be all that bad high of 30 low of 20 here's the thing to look at though the wind gusts the wind gusts right around noon up to 45 miles per hour wow the sustained wind 11 to 23 miles per hour but remember when they figured out during a windy game one day with josh allen it doesn't matter just let him throw the ball anyway he can cut the ball through the wind but If you throw wind into the mix, it becomes a factor for both teams. Who can run the ball better may become an issue in this game if those wind gusts are up in the neighborhood of 30 to 45 miles per hour during the game. So it's just something to think about as we prepare for tomorrow when we have to make our picks in all 
of the super wild card games. No, yeah, definitely. Weather is a, a big part of it, right? I, you know, two guys, though, I just don't worry about with the weather in football a whole lot. And you just mentioned kind of two of their situations. And that's Mahomes and Josh Allen. They just have they have a, a, a such arm ability and such strength in their arm, and then they can spin the ball so hard that you know the, the, the elements affect them less than what I would expect it will for Mason Rudolph or Tua, Tua. Right? I mean, Tua. Yeah, I worry about him and this kind of thing. Tua's arm is below average NFL starter, anyways. So now he's going to go up there and play in that cold weather. Watch out. And, you know, like I've always told you, and I, I always laugh about it because I tell people all the time. I mean, we were standing on the field during a blizzard, and the, the wind was blowing 30 miles per hour, and I had to, like, wipe my eyes, like, seven times because I was like, wait, is Patrick Mahomes really throwing the ball like that through the snow? Is it really that perfect of a spiral, right? Is it spinning that hard? Like, wait, let me see that again. And that's where they're special, and they are two guys that I don't worry about the elements a whole lot when it comes to them. He told me the next year after a snow game against the Broncos that he'd never played in snow. He had no idea what to expect, and he realized that day that we were there, Andrew Luck's last game. He likes it. Yeah. Makes the ball feel a a different way. He liked everything about it. Now, I don't know that it's going to be snowing. The snow is going to be Friday, but it's going to be cold. Yeah. Very cold on Saturday night. All right. The DraftKings odds for Super Bowl champion, we talked about the Steelers. They are the longest shot because unlike the Buccaneers and the Packers, they're in the AFC where it's a meat grinder of teams that can take you out. And the Steelers start with the two seed on the road, the Bills, who are our number three team in the NFL right now, plus 12,000. That's that's 120 to one. The 49ers are the favorites. Uh-oh. Are you Uh-oh, shocked like that? that? Are you shocked? Like, I, how did that happen? Like, I, I was, I just had to wipe I've my been, eyes, and after I just was talking about wiping my eyes, I was like, wait, the Ravens are second to the 49ers, even though they went to San Francisco and won by two touchdowns. I'm a little surprised by that. Here's why I think that's the case. Here's why I think that's the case. Yeah, the 49ers have an easier road to get there. Okay. I get the Ravens that. have a tougher road to get there. I hear you. The Ra- and the Ravens have the history of losing at home in the divisional round, and they may have to deal with the Chiefs at some point. They may have to deal with the Bills at some point. The Browns. The Browns may be going in there who already won in there once, which actually we've talked about this before. I think it helps the Ravens. But, I, you know, this attitude helps the Ravens. Then they're going to use anything they can. If they, if they used the stupid things that come out of my mouth for motivation – They'll use these odds as motivation to get the guys ready for the division around. Look, here's what the – you're using everything. They're still – even after what we did to the 49ers. Hey, can you believe this? I could see John Harbaugh with the piece of paper in the locker room. Hey, come here, Lamar. Look at this. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? After what we did to the 49ers, they still don't believe in us. Can you believe that crap? Do you? Can you believe that? So – so uh, I'm sure the 49ers uh, may not be thrilled about that, but the Ravens definitely happy that they're not the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this NFL playoffs, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFT Live when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Please bet responsibly. Best catches from week 18 next here on PFT Live. He's a machine.
machine throwing the football. A machine. So when you couple together like, whoa, okay, the guy sees the field well. He plays in the pocket the right way. And then can put the ball wherever he wants to put it, no matter what the throw, what the play. For me, Mike, there's no doubt. He is the number one quarterback for me. And, yeah, it's by a little bit of a margin here, and that's why he's in a tier by himself. I think they're the only team in the AFC that I would say definitely not going to make the playoffs, right? That watch them make a run and do something. But either God, way, I hope they make yeah, the playoffs. Be great, God, I right? hope they make the playoffs now. <laughs> Pete, mark the tape. 0800 hours and four minutes. 25 July 2023. Chris Sims wrote the check. <laughs> Texans will not make the playoffs. If they are alive as Week 18 approaches. Ooh, I'll be nervous. that back. <laughs> Well, we didn't play it last week, but we're playing it this week. <laughs> God, it's so funny how did I? I didn't. I had forgotten all about that. Now I would have said they're not going to make it either. They were the team that was the consensus. They have no chance to make it in the AFC. Not with all those great teams. Not with all that competition. All those great quarterbacks. Yada yada yada. CJ Stroud ended up being very great. So for these purposes, Chris, wild card round, super wild card round, quarterback confidence draft. Which quarterbacks do we have the most confidence in? If it wasn't obvious from the title of the draft, you're up. Well, like, I, I mean, this is, this is interesting. I think there's some nuance to this, right? I mean, we, we know, like, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest in the game, right? I mean, he's, he's already an all-time great. He's won two Super Bowls. He's clutch. I mean, clutchness just oozes out of his brain. But I think a little bit of this is, like, okay, is taking the team as well, and what can they do to help the quarterback so we can feel confident about him? All right. And that's where I'm going to go to Matthew Stafford first. That's where I'm going to go. You know, one, playing a not very good Detroit Lions defense and the way their offense played towards the end of the regular season. It's the hottest or maybe the second hottest running running game in football. And then those two receivers, right? If you ask me one guy that I expect to have a good game with big, pretty big stats and taking care of the football the most, I think Matthew Stafford is going to be candidate number one for me. I'm going with Josh Allen just because he continues to be the heart and soul of that team. We saw 67 rushing yards from him on Sunday night. Unleash Josh Allen, especially if it's windy at all, and it looks like it could be in Buffalo on Sunday. He can throw that ball through the wind. He can do it all. We've seen him reach a higher level when the playoffs roll around. I have the confidence that he will. And, yeah, they're the two seed. There's still there's still questions about this team. Yeah. They start answering them on Sunday against the Steelers, I think, with Josh Allen as the heart and soul of the team. Oh, I, I mean, come on. What, what he did the other night was incredible. Now, you know, it, it, he made, you know, one really bad interception. And then missing the go route to Diggs, which was like a wide open touchdown, they were bad. And you hope you can wipe that out. But, the, you, you know, that's where you want, like, that little bit of a fine line of, like, hey, you play so great, but the plays that aren't that great can't be disaster. And that's where Allen's a little scary at times. But, I mean, 420-something yards just by yourself? I mean, he is the team, as we talk about. He's incredible. All right, well, now I'm going Mahomes, of course. I'm going to go with Mahomes. I, I know their offense is not anything special, right? But my confidence in him rising to the occasion, making the appropriate plays, willing his team to a victory in a wild card round, uh, it's still way, way up there. And we know this guy is a, a special, special football player, and I would think he'll be on his A game on the exclusive Peacock. Wild card game, Dolphins versus the Kansas City Chiefs. One of the things Rodney Harrison always says about the playoffs is everything becomes more intense. Everything about the game is more intense. I think the more playoff experience you have, 
the better off you're going to be. The better suited you are to get your teammates to understand what's going to be required in these moments. And that's why I have a ton of confidence in Joe Flacco, a Super Bowl MVP. There's three Super Bowl MVPs. No, two Super Bowl MVPs. Matthew Stafford didn't win it. Cooper Cup did. There's two Super Bowl MVPs in this group. One is Patrick Mahomes and the other is Joe Flacco. Yeah. So give me Joe Flacco. I hear you. I mean, first off, Stafford should have been the MVP. I mean, come on. It just it was like the hater of Aaron Donald should have been or him Aaron too. I mean, again, the, all the injuries they have, and he brought them back with nobody on the field and, and just threw one dime after another. But I hear you with the Flacco thing. My, my big concern with Cleveland and Flacco, you know, this is where it's funny. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. Yes, for he does a lot of great things. Management of games. And that's where I don't know where the analytics get in. That's scary. You got a Super Bowl defense. I never saw the 2015 Broncos, the 2000 Ravens, the 85 Bears going forward on fourth down all the time. Play the way you're supposed to play, Cleveland. All right, let's go to a break. We're going to take a break, and we'll finish up the draft next here on PFT. All right, we're back. The quarterback confidence draft for the super wild card round. We've got four picks up, two more to go. Maybe we can squeeze in four more. Chris, who you got? Well, I'm going to go Dak Prescott for sure here. I mean, maybe I should have picked him earlier. Uh, Dak Prescott's been playing incredible football. I mean, obviously, in the MVP conversation, uh, he played, played awesome this year. Uh, he's had some experience in the playoffs. We know that. Playing a Green Bay defense that... Hasn't been all that great here the last five or six weeks. Uh, I feel good about Dak Prescott this weekend. I'm torn between C.J. Stroud and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has been banged up this year. The Eagles are crumbling. He's the leader of that team. Some of that splashes onto him. And you look at C.J. Stroud. They basically had a playoff game already on Saturday night against the Colts. And what did he do? Fires the long touchdown pass right out of the gates. I'll go C.J. Stroud here. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, he's definitely playing better football than Jalen Hurts, so I understand that uh, without question. Now, the only thing that's scary about that is he's got to play the best defense in football that actually absolutely obliterated his offense when he didn't play a few weeks ago. My last one, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I still am. I mean, he's still on a really talented football team. He's got some weapons around him. He does not you know, feel the pressure of big moments. And, of course, his running ability, I think, will be a big factor in the Monday night game as well. So I'll take Jalen Hurts. I'm going to go Jordan Love just based on the quality of his play. He was written off halfway through the season, and then quietly he's pieced together a pretty damn good yes, year. He has. And maybe, maybe they can stick it to Mike McCarthy and company on Sunday. That's it. See you tomorrow. See you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.